One of my greatest talents and abilities is one-on-one interactions. I have always been the type of person that if you find me in a room full of people, yes, I can work the room, I can talk to people, I can talk to everybody, but the magic really happens when I am sitting one-on-one with someone having a really in-depth conversation. And that started when I was in high school. I was always an observer and someone who watched the room, watched how everybody moved, and then I would move accordingly to how the energy was. And then I would set the tone with my energy. And someone would always come up to me and start talking to me. And that became a trend where in class or in gym or even at networking events, I'll find that people will start gravitating towards me to have one-on-one conversations. And this has just been something that I used to shy away from, but now I am realizing how much it's my superpower. I'm AC Brown, and you're listening to Is My Aura On Straight, a podcast designed to help you start living from your core instead of your conditioning. Each week, we'll have deep conversations that will help you create a powerful transformation that shifts your perspective in life, love, and business, with topics ranging from spiritual self-development, human design, astrology, metaphysics, and everything in between. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Is My Aura On Street? I am your host, AC Brown. I am your psychic channel, voice of truth, spiritual guide, and teacher. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Is My Aura On Street? Today is a topic that I am so excited about. I get this question all the time. And as someone who used to work in corporate America and who worked in probably one of, now not the worst, but one of the most challenging fields for a projector, I will say, in corporate America, I'm going to explain this. I want to talk about living your strategy while working. I get this question all the time because there's an assumption that even though you work for yourself, that, oh, you're not working, but I still have to apply the same rules that I did in corporate America. I just have the freedom to do that more freely now than I did before. So I want to talk about what that looks like for each aura type to live their strategy while working, especially, I mean, there's two different scenarios. There's a scenario of you love your work, you love your career, And then there's a scenario where you don't like your work or your career and you want to transition to somewhere else. First off, I'm going to say this. This is not you should start your own business episode. Everyone is not meant to work for themselves. That is not everyone's path. That entrepreneurship is not everyone's desire. 
And to be quite honest, and I just talked about this on another podcast that I was on, you might not be able to fulfill your purpose or living your purpose working for yourself. Sometimes that requires you working for other people to do what you really need to do in your life, especially if you are feeling pressure to be an entrepreneur. If you are feeling pressure to do it, it's my belief that you don't actually need to do that because the entrepreneurial bug or craziness that you are signing up for, I wouldn't recommend. And I'm saying this as someone who worked for a long time in corporate America, but I was getting pushed out. Spirit was like, listen, I'm, I don't know what's going on, but let me help you. So that's how it worked. But anyway, when you are working a nine to five or a five to whatever, when you're working for someone else, whether you have a full time job or a part time job and you found out about human design, because that's where I was. I found out about human design and I was working and I had my side stuff. But that's always been me because I am a natural born entrepreneur. I've been starting businesses literally since I was 9, 10, trying to sell stuff. That's been me. So I always had something on the side. There was always an exit strategy for me, even when I was in college. And I was just like, how can I not work for people? So that's always been there. For those of you who hasn't been there or for those of you who do work and you find yourself in this place of how do I make my aura type, my strategy work for me in the system of the nine to five in this old antiquated system. And thank goodness that it is changing. We have remote work, which has been a blessing You don't understand, especially, well, some of you might, who have sales backgrounds, corporate sales backgrounds, there were times when you had to be in the office at your desk for no apparent reason at all. Like, it was just like, why why, why do I have to be here? And then there were times when you're on the road, depending on what you're selling, et cetera. And now with corporate jobs that are even just different things, in accounting, in tech, all of the, you don't need to be in an office. So that is the beauty of where our lives are transitioning to when it comes to work. A lot of these things can be done remotely. Some companies are really trying to hold on to this, having people come into the office, but studies have been done. I don't have the studies stating that people actually work more when they work remote. They just don't work when the company wants you to work, which is ridiculous. I'm a big advocate of as long as I get it done, doesn't matter if I do it at 1 a.m. in the morning or 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Let's start there. So you're working, you found out your aura type, or you've known about your aura type for a while. And you're like, how can I make this work for me? What does this look like? What does it mean to respond then act in the work environment? And what type of job should I have? And what should I be doing? So let's let's dive in and talk about it. So when it comes to the type of work that you should do, I'm I'm definitely gonna start off with generators and projectors here. Cause I get this all the time. I'm a projector. I heard that I can't work a nine to five. I can't work. You have to feed yourself and your family. 
You have to cover your basic needs. You have to work. I work. If I don't work, I don't live the lifestyle that I want to have that I, you know, do. Sometimes it's hard to work, but I still have to work. And so first for projectors, this is what I'm going to say when it comes to the type of work. If you can make it to where your position or the type of work that you do doesn't require you to think, you are winning. And you're like, what? What do you mean? Something where it is a no-brainer, where you could close your eyes and do that job in your sleep. Customer service, something where you're doing something with your hands. If you're in management, like there's so many things that require not a lot of brain cells or a lot of energy that projectors can do. So that's one thing. The second thing, of course, is doing something that you absolutely love. When I hear projectors say, oh, I can't work a nine to five. No, that's not true. You can work a nine to five that you love. What many projectors and what is not really vocalized in the human design community is that projectors don't have energy in the way that the generator family does or the manifesto or the reflector, but the energy is not non-existent. It is my energy has to be dispersed into things that really light me up. Because the projector energy is efficient, point blank period. It's efficient. So efficiency or quality energy is what is being dispersed from the projector. When it is not efficient or when it is not something that you want to do, it's going to be draining. So that's why the advice here is the type of work You either have to love it or it doesn't take any brain cells to do it. And I mean, it doesn't take a lot of energetic effort to do it. You can just go turn on the computer, answer the phone. I remember when I was in corporate for various financial reasons, I would get part time jobs at customer service. Very easy for me. I would, especially in college, turn on the phone. I could sit there by that, you know, after training, you memorize the script. And you're just sitting there. I would be reading books. I would be planning businesses. And then I would just be on the phone. So those are good. Or things that you love doing. The love is important, especially for generators and projectors. So for generators, the difference in and why I I bunched you two together is the difference with generators is that They don't know they like something or love something until they are in it. And it's challenging for a generator to completely halt and stop. So the difference in the energetic output is that the projector energy has a energetic output that is efficient. The generator, pure generator energy is the output there is efficient and It is long lasting. It is more stable. It is more, I would even say, it's more controlled. 
it is more settled. It's more grounded. So once the generator puts the energy in there, it likes to create a home. And while it's creating a home, that's when you have to figure out, oh, do I like this place now? Do I like these people? The generator doesn't find that out until further along. The projector, on the other hand, finds that out quicker. And so when it comes to the type of work to do for generators or projectors, the type of work is the same. It's going to have to be something that you really, really love or something that it doesn't take a lot of energy to do. Because the generator, even though they have lots of energy to put out, some of you all do. Some of you have, you know, maybe one or two centers or three centers that are defined, including your sacral, so you feel it a little bit differently. But that energy output is still efficient, but it's a little bit more grounded and stable. You are not really understanding how your energy is affected until you're in there. The projector on the other hand, I can walk into a room and be like, oh, this is not going to work. Or <laughs> I've been at companies where the first day I'm like, okay, I see. This, this is not going to happen. All right, great. Now I got to figure it out. When it comes to manifesting generators and the type of work, oh man, I say the type of work that you need to do is work where you can sample different things of your job capabilities. I love manifesting generators in the workplace who have a lot of responsibilities and not overwhelming responsibilities, but responsibilities to where they can pick and choose where they want to shine, where they want to focus their energy on because the manifesting generator is sampling. They're seeing if they want to do reports. If not, the manifesting generator is going to find somebody to do those reports for them. They're seeing if they want to be out in the field selling more because that's what they're doing. Um, when I was in a sales organization, my last one, one of the top sales guys, he was a manifesting generator and he trained me and he did not follow any of the rules. He's like, I don't do that. I don't do those reports. I don't do that. I don't do that. Like, because he figured out, I don't like doing that. I'm not going to do it, but I know I can hit my numbers X, Y, and Z way. So there's the shortcut there that, of course, the manifesting generator has, but they're not doing certain things. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And I remember him always saying that. And then I had someone who was also on my team who was a generator and they were doing everything and they were in it and they had a process and all of that stuff. So for the manifesting generator, you need positions where you have a lot of responsibilities, where you can pick and choose those positions. For the manifester, you need, and this is, what I've seen both as a regular employee and in management, the manifester needs a position where it's project-based things, where they work well in sales organizations, they work well in lots of management and all of those things. But the manifester really needs project-based stuff because the manifester shines with informing and going and doing their thing and then coming back and telling you what happened. Literally, like, oh, okay, yeah, I worked on that. This is what I discovered. These are the numbers, et cetera, yada, yada. That's where the manifestor shines in the workplace is having project-based kind of tasks. 
and not saying that they don't interact with other people, but having the choice not to interact, to be honest, like just not interacting. Like I don't have to be here. That works really, really great for them. For reflectors, reflectors, oh, my reflectors. Reflectors are the model company employee. When you have a reflector on your team who loves being there, and the key for reflectors, you just have to like it there. That's it. I know of a bunch of reflectors, and they have both worked for themselves and both worked in corporate America, and some still work in corporate America. When a reflector likes their job, you get the best employee. You get the best teammate. You get the best manager. You get so many great things because remember, the reflector, you all are working off of your environment. If your environment sucks, everything around the job sucks. The job sucks. I can't emphasize that enough. If the environment sucks for the reflector, the job sucks. This is not the best place. The job is a crappy job. It sucks. It's ridiculous. Start looking for another place to work. All of that. But, you you know, it's hard to tell who's a reflector. And the reason for that is they're working off of the energy. They are thinking about it. If the boss is not communicating, the reflector is going to know because the reflector is going to feel it first. The reflector in an organization, in a company or working, it's magic. That's why I truly feel and that's why I love working with corporations and businesses to hire people and consult with human design because when you have a reflector, they will let you know what's going on. Hands down, like this, this not like if you could just interview a reflector as part of the interview process, like, so what's going on here? They'd be like, don't work here. <laughs> X, Y, and Z. They're going to feel that first. So reflectors, the type of jobs, of course, are just places that you really love. So let's talk about living your strategy while working. What does that look like? So for the generator family, you're in response and My biggest takeaway for everyone, all the aura types, is many times the first line of defense for us, whether we like our jobs or we don't, many of us, we do things that we are not asked to do and therefore the job becomes hard. I learned this a long time ago from a coach and a friend that if you don't like your job, pull out the job requirements, what you signed up for. And if you don't like your job, I can guarantee it's because you're not doing what's on the paper. And how to fall back in love with your job or to make your job what it can be for you is to do exactly what's on the paper. And anytime that you are asked to do something that is not on the paper, that is a boundary. You can talk a level like, hey, that's not in my job description. I'm either going to have to get paid or something. And I remember doing that to a boss because I had my last, you know, sales organization. My manager, he did. He was not a good manager at all. He was a great sales 
guy when he was in sales, but he wasn't a great sales manager. That's a big mistake in sales organizations that people make. They turn the top producer into the manager when it's like a like a retirement transition. Like, oh, you can be the manager because you made great sales. That is not the case. And so I was struggling and he was you know, asking me to do something. And I was just like, that's not my job description. And he looked at me like, excuse me. And he was just like, but I was like, no, that that's not there. And if you want to add that, then you're, we're going to have to renegotiate. Um, but you know, it didn't turn out well, <laughs> it didn't turn out well. And because of that situation, um, especially as a projector, it was challenging. So when it comes, and I'll start, I'll, I'm going to start with projectors here, just because projectors, so you can get out of your mind that you can't work, you can work. So when it comes to projectors, the biggest thing that the type of work or how to use your strategy of invitation in the workplace is going to be number one, sticking to your job description. Number two, do not feel obligated to be a part of the mix. The company culture for a projector is not to embrace unless you want to. And this is for people who are just working to work, right? Just, I'm just here, I'm just here until this or that. Don't get caught up in the company culture. Do your job and go home. It will save your life. Because when you start getting caught up in the company culture, you start trying to mimic the other people around you. And nine times out of 10, there's going to be a mostly generators and manifesting generators around you. And you don't want to do that. That's how you get burnt out. Because you're like, damn, these people hanging out. Then they come into meetings and yada, yada. All, and you're like, this is not me. But do it if you feel like it, of course. Now, if you love your job, implement that invitation what does an invitation look like? Is it someone inviting me to lunch? Is it some, you know, my boss saying, hey, let's have a talk, like all of these things, just just take it for face value. What is an invitation? What is an invitation internally? And what is an invitation externally? And also, what does success look like for you within this place of work? So is it hitting your numbers? Is it making sure you do your work early? Is it Maybe you do want to transfer into a new position and you want to go above and beyond. Do you have the energy for that? All of those things. For my manifestors, when it comes to informing, I have seen, this is not always the case, that in the corporate environment or in the work environment, the manifestor at times, this is not all the time, can sometimes step on people's toes because they're just informing in the wrong chain of command. And so for the manifester, when it comes to informing, I suggest this, and, and this sounds really messed up, but figure out who you can trust to be your most authentic self as soon as possible when you're in a, a workspace. 
maybe it's the supervisor, maybe it's the manager, maybe it's the CFO, somewhere to where when you are able to speak what you are informing, you don't feel like your life is going to be threatened or your position is going to be threatened where you can have that free reign. Once you identify that person through trial and error, of course, then that is going to be your go-to person to express, to inform, to let people know what's happening, what you're doing, etc. And to be quite honest, sometimes that might not be your manager or your supervisor. And so that's where it kind of gets a little muddled because, of course, people and feelings in the corporate world, you ha- there's a chain of command there. So you have to figure that out and how to inform the best way for your team, for your community that you are working in. Can it be done? Absolutely. Um, but I, I would prefer manifestors in corporate environments or in job environments to be in positions where people have to ask them what's happening next. That's probably the easiest. Like, oh, you know, such and such. How's that project going? Where are you at with it? What do you, you know, that kind of situation. That's just best. For reflectors. Reflectors, you really just need to do work that you love. And you also need to be in positions where your tasks are not changing that your tasks are staying the same. That is for you and generators, that you do the same thing, you're able to master it, you're able to maybe do it a different way um, to where you're, you're able to really embody what you do, that you become an expert at what you do within the position. Because for the reflector, remember, we're working off of that 30-day response, that, that moon cycle response, and you want time. So you want to be very clear in your request of what your tasks are, what aren't your tasks. You want to be very transparent there. And this is for reflectors. You want to be extremely transparent about your tasks because one thing a reflector hates is extra things on their plate that they're not prepared for, especially when that transition comes in really quickly. And for generators, the same as well is for generators, you want to be very clear about what your tasks are. Can you transition or add things quicker than a reflector? Absolutely. But you're also there to really dig deep and master over time what you're doing. Now, for the lovely manifesting generator, you're responding imagining, informing, and acting process needs to also have some freedom to it. I personally like manifesting generators when it comes to work environments that they have more responsibilities because that's going to make them happy. That's also going to, like I said, give them the opportunity to sample. That's going to give them the opportunity to respond to people in different ways. So that's what I'll say there for the different types. And my my takeaway here is, can you live your strategy while working? Absolutely, we all work, whether we're entrepreneurs 
or whether we work in a corporate environment or work for someone else. It's just about energy management. It's about energy management. So my advice for each of the aura types, for the generators, cut it off at a certain point. Make sure that you are ending, when you end the workday, you're ending the workday. I remember one of my coworkers at a position who was a generator, he would stand up at his desk and ask, does anyone need anything else from me? I am about to leave. And if no one needed anything, he'd be like, all right, I'll see y'all tomorrow. It could be a fire. It could be, he would not answer his phone. It would be, it could be an emergency and for a deal or something that you need to help, he would not answer his phone. And he would come in the next day, like I asked you if you needed anything and you said no. So therefore you didn't. And so that would be, you know, his thing. So as a generator, cut it off, have a stop point. I don't answer emails, answer phone calls after 7 p.m. or after 6, whatever. For the manifesting generator, the manifesting generator is working all day, depending on their job function. I would still have boundaries. Maybe you don't answer phone calls. Maybe it's emails only. I would have boundaries and I would also communicate what you need especially if there's things that people can help you with in the workplace. Don't try and do it all on your own because that will make you frustrated. For projectors, of course, the energy management is finding something that you love to do. Or just like generators, if you don't love what you're doing, but you have to be there, cut it off. Do your job and go home. Coming from a projector who's worked in places that I really liked and that I really hated, do your job and then go home. It will save your life. For manifestors, I would say the energy management tip for you all is making sure that every day you make an attempt to speak your voice about something, especially if something that you've been thinking about or something that you've been holding back or something that you want to say to someone, find the time, have the conversation. Don't let it bottle up because that just makes you frustrated and for reflectors just watch how you feel the like I said the your your reflectors you're gonna be very in tune to people and what's changing and just do a check-in with yourself did I like my day today and why where were some of the surprises that I didn't expect that I enjoyed what didn't I like today How can I change that tomorrow? It's really going to be about how you feel on a day-to-day basis. So those are my tips for living your strategy in the workplace. I hope that helped. And make sure you all have an amazing day filled with good vibes and great energy. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Is My Aura On Straight? This podcast was edited by Adam Ross. If you loved this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, bye-bye.